Hey there, welcome back to the itinerary. Episode number 40, we have officially hit a midlife crisis. I hear that 50 is the new 40, so... Well, according to uh, my life insurance consultant, I'm going to live till I am past 100. Wow. Congrats to you. I know. You better start saving right now. We better start (laughs) saving. We better make sure that you're as healthy as I am because I'm never dating again. That's what it's all about, right? Yes, pretty much. (laughs) Well, welcome back. I'm Jared Schwartz. That would make me Melissa Schwartz. Episode 40, coming to you live from our over-the-water villa at the St. Regis in the Maldives. How about that? It's, it's pretty beautiful. I'm not going to lie. Bucket list stuff. Uh, if you don't know where we are, Google it. Uh, look at a map. But the Maldives is uh, an island chain off the coast of southern India, more so off the coast of Sri Lanka, really in the middle of nowhere. Um, Male is the biggest island. That's where you fly into. Uh, we'll get into how we got here in the episode, and then uh, you have to take a seaplane about an hour to get where you want to go. Uh, Not all resorts you have to take seaplanes. You got most, which we had to do. So we'll talk about uh, that as well. The weather is very interesting. We're going to talk service. We're going to talk food because. Uh, there's no farms around here, so you got to get it from somewhere. Um, so it, it, it's very interesting. Um, last week we were in Dubai, so uh, if you guys had a chance to listen to that episode, got pretty good feedback on that. I know Dubai is like something out there that people hear about, but they don't know what it really is. Uh, and it's pretty interesting to see who actually lives there, where they come from, what the city is like. Yeah, a ton. Um, so if you want to go back, you can listen to that one. Uh, just click on available episodes and you can stream it or you can download it. Also, a lot of good pictures uh, on the Instagram page at the itinerary travel. You want to see pictures and videos from Dubai, uh, on the plane, on Emirates, in uh, the business class, in the lounge, in the bar. We got it all for you there. And then, of course, here from the Maldives. Um, and just go to the Instagram page at the Itinerary Travel, give it a follow, and you can see it all there. So, uh, St. Regis, Maldives, in the middle of nowhere. Are you going to try and pronounce the name, the actual name? Volumi, I think it is. I think you're adding an L. I think it's just Vio Vamuli. Okay, we'll try the pronunciation and a lot more coming at you right now. How the hell did we get here in the middle of the uh, Indian Ocean slash Arabian Sea? Well, if you... First of all, I feel like that just sounds like Aladdin, like we're in the Aladdin movie. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we are. Um, So if you listen last week to Dubai, we took Emirates, the A380, the double-decker, which has the bar and the shower, over to Dubai. So this was a continuation of that ticket. Um, So if you book directly with an airline and you do it with cash or points, you have the ability in some airlines to do a stopover. So that's what we did. Stopped over, quote-unquote, in Dubai for a couple of days, and the continuation was to Mali in the Maldives, so it really ended up costing us about 17,000 miles each in business class. To fly on what you think is the best business class product you've ever flown on. It was it was impressive. We're going to talk about it in just a second. Um <laughs> 
So Do you need to change your pants. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. For now. I was just thinking about it and got like pretty excited that it it was awesome. Um so what was seven, a happier day for you? That or our wedding day? Come on. Let's let's not the get business crazy. class yes, product. The business class. <laughs> yes, it was. Um so it was a continuation, seventeen thousand miles. That's like the way to do it because you're not paying any more in tax and fees than you would have already paid. Um, so we had a two thirty a.m. flight. Um, the Maldives, which is, we sadly had to do on purpose. That was yeah. that was planned. We we could have taken later flights. Yeah. So when you get to the Maldives, you have to take if you're going to this resort, the St. Regis, you have to take a seaplane, which is operated by Trans Maldivian Airways, um, the largest provider of seaplanes in the world, actually. Largest Hashtag fleet. sponsored. Yeah, largest fleet. So they only fly during the day. So 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., give or take. Uh, weather is a big factor here, so if it's storming, they're not going to fly. Um, so we had to take the 2.30 a.m. flight because it's a four-hour flight with an hour time difference um we could have taken a 4 30 a.m flight also um and that was about it those were our two options yes. to get us in in the morning because otherwise if we took a 9 a.m flight it would have gotten us here at 3 p.m that was like the cutoff for the seaplane and we didn't want to risk getting stuck and we also fully had to pay for our hotel ahead of time so if right. we got stuck we would have lost that money on Correct. the night uh which is a mortgage payment for a month for us FYI, and we still would have had to pay to stay on Malé. So, just sucked it up, really, and didn't have to pay for an extra night in Dubai. Um, But there's a lot of time to kill. So, we went to the airport at around 8 o'clock, maybe a little before that. Before. And I wanted to experience the Emirates Lounge there, because it's supposed to be awesome, and it was. Um, It took up the entire terminal. Like, it was massive. Yeah, it's on they, its own floor. Yeah, they have their own champagne bar there. And then they have probably about four or five different sections of food and bars, like an international section, a Western, a Middle Eastern, a healthy option. Um, they also have areas where you can lay down in recliners and in beds. They, they had a spa. They had a spa with I think where the, you can get a massage. Yeah, the spa was the only thing that you had to pay right. additional money for. So we really... Uh, just stayed there for about six hours or so and eventually got on the flight. Now, with this flight, it's about four and a half hours from Dubai to the Maldives. It's operated Emirates on their 777-300, which they started to redo their interiors on. Um, their old product was kind of similar to the A380 that we flew to Dubai. Really nice, but you could see it has a little wear and tear on it. Now, from if you, if you research and what flight you want to take, obviously you want to take the new plane if you could. Um, only one of the three options that was listed was supposed to have the new interior, and that was the 4.30 a.m. flight. Now, we were on the 2.30, so we were expecting to have the old interior, which we really couldn't do anything about. It is what it is. It's not really a long flight. It's four hours. Uh, it's still going to be a live flat seat. But we got down there, and it was the new one. And this thing was, like, sparkling. Uh, you know, Emirates is known for their gold trim around everything, the dark woods. Um, it was the nicest interior of a plane I've ever seen. Do you, you agree? 
So it was beautiful, but I kind of have a bone to pick with them. I did not find their seat comfortable. Really? I thought the leather was too rough, too hard. Wow. I thought it was actually very comfortable because there was a lot of back support, lower back support, which you don't really get in a lie flat seat a lot. My favorite, like when we're talking like actual seat when it's going to lie flat is the Polaris because it's, it's fabric. Okay. I, I can see that, but a lot of the times the... We sound like such fucking snobs right now. Hey. In it to win it. I mean, I like my Bentley better than the Rolls Royce, but... No, know. I mean, this is a thing though. Like when you're, you're picking, you know, which airline to fly and what you want to spend your points and miles yeah, no, and, your and dollars I think, on. And I think everyone has a different opinion. Like... You found that... Well, I found it... Okay, first of all, there was a lot of lumbar support, which you don't really get in the lie flat seats a lot. Also, the cushions weren't disjointed. It was like one continuous Mm. cushion, so I wasn't like falling through a crack on either way. So I I liked it in that sense. Um, Also, about the seat, uh, they have their own mini bar That was amazing. Yeah, so... uh, so, Soda, water, juices are all there for you. And, and then they're refrigerated. And they're refrigerated. All you can, um, you can order whatever else you want. Um, and then on this plane, they had the new screens. So they were very big. Um, you were watching live TV. Yeah, that was one thing. So Emirates on their flights, some of their flights have live TV. Some of them have Wi-Fi. Um, on the A380 that we took to Dubai didn't work and didn't have a live TV on this one. It did. So I was watching Monday night football in the middle of the Indian ocean live. And I had perfect Wi-Fi. I was actually, it was able pretty to crazy. Work. Like international Wi-Fi is hard to come yeah. by in general. Um, I mean, it was a pretty penny, but yeah. Um, so this seating is two, three, two. It's very interesting. Emirates is really the only airline that has kept the three seats in the middle. FYI, if you class. are ever booking a business product, do not book that three seating. Right. Uh, so we did the two on the side. Um, so great flight. Uh, they have the new first class suites as well on there. Um, Those and, were awesome. Yeah. I, I would have wanted to use our points to upgrade for that first class product versus what we flew over from JFK. Right. Yeah. Just, n- just newer. Um, I think it was about still about 50,000 miles to upgrade. So uh, we had a little celebrity sighting. Yes, we on, did. On our plane. So our seat neighbor um, was probably the most famous tennis player in the world, Novak Djokovic. Um, so he was on there with his wife going on obviously on our plane from Dubai to the Maldives. Um, so when we got off the plane, there's no gates in the Maldives, so it's stairs. So they walked down, they had the sign for him. He was whisked, whisked away in a, like a Mercedes SUV. I'm, I'm sure his luggage was tagged and separated at first, so he didn't have to go with the common folk on the bus to the terminal. Um, but that was pretty cool to see, see him. He... They have a residence in Monaco. They live in Miami also, but most of the time in Europe. Um, so they've... I was this more is a big, impressed yeah. to see his wife because I just think that anytime your husband is competing in Wimbledon and then winds up winning it and you don't show up because he can't keep his dick in his pants, I'm Whoa. just like all about her. That was a few months ago. Yeah, but she like clearly doesn't give a fuck and now he's spending his off season trying to make it up to her. Well, he just came from playing the Davis Cup in Madrid earlier this week, and they were in London the week before that, um, where she was 
I saw some pictures she was posting with quote unquote family time. So maybe they're they're trying to get it back together. They're, I mean, they're clearly trying to get it back together. Yeah. But I give her a lot of props because she was just like, I'm not fucking showing up for you <laughs> if you can't show up for me and your family. So a lot of people who didn't see him on the plane where we were when they got off, they saw the sign for him, and then um, I mean, it was it was a quick whisk away um, for him, but pretty cool. And so you get there. Also, why does why isn't he using a fake name? Like, why are they actually? I felt like that drew more attention than anything. Um, what do you think his fake name would be? Marvin Gonzalez. I mean, I'm assuming that you know he took the flight, and then they have a bunch of private jets there. He hopped on one of them to wherever he was going. No, totally. I think the sign called more attention than anything. Though. It did, but like there was only two people that stopped to take a picture with him. Like it was very quick. The yeah. car was right there. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. So anyway, so uh, cool celeb sighting there. So once you get there, um, we were greeted by one of the members of the St. Regis staff. Um, when you walk outside, it's like a free for all. Um, there are what they say. There's like 275 resorts in the Maldives. I didn't catch that stat. What I caught was there are 1,200 islands, 200 of which are inhabitable. Yeah, um, and within those islands, I believe there's roughly around 275 resorts. So there was like a member from every single resort yeah. waiting there um, with their signs. So found our guy. Um, very fluid process, takes your bags, takes you to the counter for the seaplane check-in, which I mentioned is Trans-Maldivian Air. Um, these are seaplanes that seat about 12 or 13 people, max, <laughs> uh, plus your luggage. Uh, so weight could be an issue there. And uh, he checks you in, and then you take a private car to the other side of the airport where they have a very nice lounge, uh, which you wait in. Um our flight was about an hour and a half after we got into the lounge, maybe a little less. Um, they so, keep you busy, so you lose yeah, track of time. Yeah, they keep you busy. They give they you give drinks, you food, drinks. Um, they had a pre-recorded message from our butler, um, who just welcomed us to the island. Uh, I'll be waiting for you when you get here. So we saw that, and then we were in a bus again to go to the actual plane when it was ready to go. Um, about an hour ride in the seaplane, flies pretty low, about 2,000 feet in the air, and we made one stop at a neighboring resort before we came to ours, so, uh, you get to experience the landing and the takeoff on the water, which is pretty unique. Yeah. Um, and takes about five minutes for them to get off, take their luggage, and then, uh, it was just about another five-minute ride for us, and they literally land, like, right next to the island uh there's a dock they pull up uh you get off um it was raining when we got here that's going to be a theme <laughs> throughout uh our five nights here and it was kind of a lot when we got off we were greeted by about 20 different people it was raining um we just traveled overnight hadn't slept in about 30 hours and, you know, they introduced themselves, which is I fine. was also wearing a white dress, and it was really <laughs> hot on the plane. And so I got a spray tan before we went on vacation. So my spray tan was, like, leaking out through me. It looked like I, like, had either, like, had an accident or gotten my period all over the plate. It was, I just looked like a hot mess. And all these people were trying to talk to us, yeah. and I kind of wanted to cry. They're trying to talk to us. It's <laughs> raining, like, introducing themselves. It's all a blur. Um, I just wanted to go take a shower and go to sleep. 
And so the butler was there, introduced herself, some other staff as well. They take you around on the golf cart, show the island. The island is um, beautiful, pretty small, um, smaller than I thought it would be. It's really one dirt road around the circumference of the island and then a jetty out to where the -the over-the-water villas are. Let's call it a sand road. It sounds prettier. Okay, sand road. Um, So there's different kind of villas. We're in the -the over-the-water ones, which make up the majority of the places you can stay. They have a private plunge pool, which is bigger than I expected. In each room, they have a In each room. Um, All the rooms are pretty much the same except for, like, the executive suites at the end, which are more, like, two or three bedrooms. Um, But I would say 90% of the rooms are around the same size. So uh, roughly 1,200 square feet or so. Well, there must be something to that suite because... That's going for $33,000 a night, and our room is not $11,000 a night. I mean, our room is expensive, but it's not $11,000 a night. So trying to figure out what what else is is there. So I guess let's give an overview of the room. So about 1,200 square feet. You walk in. To your left is a huge walk-in closet. Um, To your right is a desk area, fully stocked minibar. now, minibar prices, let's talk about this because I knew it was going to be expensive. And the reason is, first of all, there's no alcohol allowed into the Maldives. There is alcohol allowed at the resorts, um, but it being you know Muslim territory, Islamic nation, um, alcohol is not permitted. In- yes. Jared had to have a long sit down with me before we left because I am a cheap motherfucker and wanted to bring my own wine. And Jared had to tell me that that would not be happening. You also heard it from other people as well. Yeah, but I like that to you do shouldn't my own do thing. it. Yeah, I mean, you could be fined, uh, thrown thrown into jail. You don't want to do that when you're trying to get on vacation. No, what I had read was that they just take it away. So I was like, I'll take my chances. But then when I started, when you started telling me that they could find me and then arrest me, and who knows if that stuff is even true? But you scared me, so okay. Uh, so the alcohol is very expensive. So they have a mini bar. Bottles of wine, about $90 each. Now, the hard liquor is the smaller 375 uh, ml bottles. And so there's a bottle of Grey Goose here that's $170 for 375 ml. Um, The other ones, they have like Bacardi for $90. Like, it's just crazy prices. Um, So that's the liquor part of it. But I will say that the bar... It's not inexpensive, but it's not to to that. Correct. There like is, you can get a mart- we were getting Grey Goose martinis for twenty dollars. You can get a glass it's of like Whisper Manhattan Angel prices. for twenty bucks. Yeah, not bad there. Um, so more so on the room. So there, is, it's kind of like a studio setup where it's one big room. You have the living room on the right side with a reclining chair and a couch, and then you have your bed on the left hand side with a pretty cool TV, which. Um, it's banging off sin. Yeah. So state of the art. And it, uh, you control everything from the iPad, including the TV, and it swivels uh, left to right. So if you want to watch in the living room, you move it to the right. If you want to watch in the bedroom, you move it to the left. You control all the lights, the curtains, the AC, all by the iPad. Um, and then the bathroom is on the far left-hand side with the double sinks and the stand-up shower, pretty pretty nice. These are new. This yeah. resort was built, what, 2016? 
I think 2016, 2017. Yeah. And then you also have an outdoor shower, and then you have, what, seven window panes? So Yeah, floor-to-ceiling windows. Um, you have the plunge pool. Um, you have a couple of recliners outside. You have direct access to the water. My favorite part are the hammocks that are, like, built in right off the deck. Yeah, you took up uh, residency in, in the I, hammocks. I did. Um, the water. What do you... like? People think of the Maldives as, like, the bluest of the blue when you think of water. Do do you feel like it was? I think that there are a number of places where people think that. And it's this ongoing thing where, what's the best place? Is it Bora Bora? Is it the Seychelles? Is it the Maldives? Um, I can say I've been to all three of those places now. Didn't feel that way about the Seychelles. It's, I think it's definitely a Maldives Bora Bora race. I think it's Bora Bora over the Maldives. Um, I just have, like, even looking out over the water right now, it it just looks like water water to me. Where the blues were so just sharp in Bora Bora, it was just a different feel. But when you're flying in from the sky. And I, I took some pretty cool pictures that you can check out on the Instagram at the itinerary travel where you can see the different colors, but you can't see it from the ground level. You can only see it from above, really. And the water is pretty clear. Like, we went snorkeling a couple of days. Um, you know, you can clearly see the bottom. Like, no doubt about that. Um, it was also not as rainy when we were in Bora Bora, so maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, the weather here so... They have a rainy season, which lasts around nine months. Um, like the which pri- didn't always used to be that way, but with global warming, right. it's... The prime time months to come here are January, February, March. That's when they have the most sunlight and the least amount of rain. However, you're going to get the highest prices during that time. So November, where we are right now, is right on the fringe. It's, it's still rainy, but like it's no less rainy than December is going to be. Well, December and actually has more rain, and because of the Christmas season, the prices right. will be, like, triple. So this is kind of, like, on the fringe. It's it's going to be hit or miss. So it's rained every single day, but we've had pockets of sunny weather. Like, it'll move in, and it'll be a torrential downpour, and then it'll move out. So we've had pockets of three, four, five hours where it's been really good weather, and then we've had five hours of rain. Yeah, and I think that as I'm getting older, I'm honestly more obsessed with sun damage so not being in the sun the entire day it's Fine. not the, it's not the worst thing right um so let's talk about the butler experience here so saint regis is known for their butlers right correct so these guys are they're not your housekeepers but like they're just there for your service. Like, whatever you need, you need a ride to go to a restaurant. I, I, need... I think housekeeper is the wrong word. I think that... Right, I said they're your, not a housekeeper. I think that a concierge. Correct. They're like your personal concierge. Okay, so... They, they have basically four villas at a time, so... Yeah. Um, maybe it's just us, but, like, when we go on to these types of places or anywhere so in general... So, I think the issue is, is that he's working with just only four villas total, so... We make up 25% of his working time, and we, you can start saying what you were going to say, we, we are just very self-sufficient. Continue. Self-sufficient slash don't want to be bothered. Yes. Like, we got here, and the guy is showing us around, takes us into the room, and gives me a folder of our itinerary for the trip. Like, 
no pun intended for this podcast, but a schedule of where we're going to dinner, when we're going to dinner. Multiple dinner reservations. Multiple dinner reservations. Which is, which is so nice because he's trying to give us options, but that's just not the way we like to no. do things. And for all five nights, too. So we get, as I mentioned, we get here. Um, it's raining. We've been up for 30 hours. All we want to do is sleep, right? So he gives us this pamphlet of information and says, okay, you have two possible dinner reservations for tonight. Um, I need to know by 3 p.m. what you want to do. And it's like probably 11 a.m. right now. I'm like, dude, what I want to do is take a shower and go to sleep. That's what I want to do. And so we can have these reservations. And like, if we, if we're up and I, I'll let you know if I want to cancel it or I'm going to see last minute, like what I want to do, like big deal if we don't show up to a reservation. And it was made like such a big deal that we didn't respond to him. So like three o'clock, his cutoff came and went, we were sleeping. We slept till six 30. Um, and then he saw us, I guess after that, maybe like on our way to dinner and said like, Oh, I tried to call you. You didn't pick up. Like you didn't tell me if you wanted the reservation. I'm like, uh, we were sleeping. Like, why, why do you care so much? And this was a theme that happened, uh, three, four, five, six times throughout the trip where it was just a little too much. Like we had one instance where we had a reservation um, at one of the one of the restaurants. We didn't know if we wanted to go there or not. And this butler asked us about three different times what we wanted to do. Did we decide what we wanted to do? And then when we did make a decision and we told him, he asked why we wanted why we didn't want to go, and then followed up with another phone call saying, "Are you sure you don't want to go?" And Melissa mentioned to me, "He's like, do these guys like get paid extra if their reservations are confirmed and people come?" Because it seems like pretty damn crazy. Well, because here's the deal: like you are, each resort is essentially its own island, so we have to eat our meals here. So we have this beautiful balcony terrace situation that has a table and two chairs and one of the things we love to do where places like this is to have sunset room service and we actually still like each other so we're totally fine to just hang out with ourselves and so in my opinion we have to eat here regardless so it just seemed like he was a little too invested in getting us to go to his specific reservation um so I don't necessarily agree with you where like the making the initial itinerary was too much because I think that what if you have a couple that gets here and you know wants to go to a restaurant and then they don't have a reservation and that's like a night after night thing that's that's going to affect the I time. thought it wait I'm not done that's going to affect the t- time that they're having but I think that if you are in this in the service business which he is and you're essentially a personal concierge you also need to adapt to the behavior of the people that you're for lack of a better word, quote unquote, servicing. And so we are not the people that wanted structure. So he needed to pivot and much quicker than he did. I have yet to actually see him pivot. No pivot. So I think my my favorite example was two nights ago when we were... So every St. Regis, they do a nightly saber. So they saber a, a bottle of champagne. It's um, Here it's at 6 p.m. right when the sun is setting. They have a DJ. They have like an electric saxophonist. It's really cool, very nice. So everyone gets a complimentary glass of champagne. We also like order dirty martinis because that's our drink. And 
we he greeted us and we were initially seated like in this like alcove and it was and it was very warm and so after the saber people left and so we were able to get a chair outside and we were enjoying not one but two drinks so it was going to take us a while to finish those and he comes up to us and says oh so you've decided to have dinner here and he he has like hurt in his voice like he's walked in on on someone cheating on him or something he's very upset about this and we were like no we're just enjoying our drinks. We were able to move to so we could have a breeze. We plan on going to the dinner that you made us a reservation at. But it was it was very intense. So I'm going to say that I am okay with the initial schedule. But let us do what we want to do with that. And there's just a lot. Like, it's it's overbearing and like what you But mentioned. again, like I also think that that's specific to the person that you're paired with, right? Because when we were in Bora Bora, we had a butler because we also stayed at the St. Regis who we saw him the first day and we never saw him again. Right. And we were fine with that, but mm-hmm. I'm sure other people would have been pissed. Yeah. So I just want to say to go tack on to your story. So he came up to us. He said, oh, I see you're, you, you're eating here. I'm like, no, we're just hanging out. We're having a drink. And it was also half hour before our reservation. Correct. So, and it was across, like, it was yeah. 20 feet away. So what happened was, so we finished our drink. We did walk over. It was like this outdoor seafood barbecue. And we, we were going to see what it was first before committing to it. Um, and we were in line. And then a monsoon started. And obviously all the food is getting soaked because it's right out there. All the grills are out there as well. So we didn't get to order. And they moved everybody inside to their main restaurant. And, like, all the tables were full. And it was going to take, like, forever for the food because all the food was getting wet outside. So we decided, okay, we're just going to walk back and we'll order room service. Fine, no problem. So the guy, the butler, at, this is after the first interaction um, that he's pissed that we didn't go to the reservation or assume, assume that we switched to a different restaurant, calls us. And says, oh, I see you didn't go to the barbecue. What happened? And, like, we have to explain to him why we want to just go back to our room and order room service. It was completely absurd. It was, like, the third time that evening that he had something to say about what we were going to do with our schedule. And it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And um, just, not a, just not a fan of that. Like, I appreciate that you're there if I need you. And some of the things we asked him to do, like he ironed some clothes and he blew up a float for the pool for us. Cool, great. But I don't need you, like, um, just, like, looking over my shoulder at every single thing I'm, I'm going to do while I'm here. Um, just kind of a, a bone to pick, I guess. But everybody's different how they travel. And we've seen, like, a lot of people here who don't like being alone, like, we would rather stay in our room in our private pool and just chill. There's a lot of people like at this communal pool and beach. Like, why would you, in my eyes, why would you want to do that if you could be in your own place by yeah. yourself? So, um, everybody's a little bit different. So, uh, let's talk food. So, there's nothing around here, right? It's not farm to table. <laughs> there is nothing around here. We're 45 minutes to an hour by plane. Well, it could be line to table. Cause it could be. Um, Meaning like fishing line. Yeah. To the closest place, which is Mali. Now, they don't get a lot of food from Mali. It's imported to Mali and then distributed here. They get two shipments a week of food. Um, a lot of it comes from Dubai. 
some comes from Australia and some from Thailand. So it's all sent to Malé, and then they have a ferry boat, which goes twice a week um, to bring food to the island. Um, the food options here. So if you research these types of places, and um, specifically, I guess, the St. Regis and the Maldives, the breakfast is the big thing. So we had breakfast included. Um, if you are a Marriott member of a certain level, you have the option to get breakfast included as well. Um, that's one of the perks. And it's a great value. Like, hands down, best value for food here. And, and drinks as well. So it's 7 to 10.30 in the morning. It's uh, a buffet plus an a la carte menu. It includes booze, um, champagne, you can get a Mosa Bellini, um, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, and then you have all your fresh juices. You can get smoothies, um, coffee, whatever you want. So that's included um, on the menu is uh, some pretty cool stuff: uh, lobster and crab omelet. Uh, you can get eggs to order. Um, they had a duck confit leg, um, and my biggest thing, like I was eating sushi for breakfast every day. So they had fresh fish. Uh, the Moldavian tuna, salmon, um, a couple of other things, just like sashimi and then some sushi as well. So I was loading up on that and then the fruit and then we got like eggs to order. Correct. And they were just coming around with, you know, bottles of champagne. So uh, the liquor in the room is outrageously expensive, but if you load up on some booze in the morning, you yeah, may be good, I mean, like, good for you, the day. You can get drunk here for free if you you know, booze up at breakfast and then you have that glass of champagne at the Sabre. Yeah, totally fine. Um, lunch, there are three options, two options really. Um, one is Crust, which is a pizza place, which is really good pizza. They um, probably like eight slices to a pie. Definitely the best value um, for lunch, I would say. It's like 27 bucks for a pizza. We had a seafood pizza. But, like, that's what we're talking about, where you're like, the best value is a $27. Oh, by far. Like, Like if you got a burger, it was like 45 bucks. It's expensive. Right. And that goes back to they have everything being being imported. imported. Um, So, they have the pizza place and then they have uh, like a Mexican place, but they're they're under one roof. So, you can get tacos, um, stuff like that. And then they have Alba, which is their main restaurant for breakfast, which is also open for lunch. Uh, so we went there one day. Um, dinner, they have, was it like four restaurants? They have three restaurants. They have Alba, which is their Italian. They have Cargo, which is their um, Mediterranean slash Middle Eastern. And then they have Oriental. Um, and then Whale Bar. Uh, which is, so Whale Bar is shaped like a whale so it's separated so the outdoor part is the bar and then the indoor part is the grill um where you could also have dinner so let's talk about oriental our first night experience so if you listen to last week in dubai melissa had her rant on emirates regarding the nut situation um so we have another nut situation now this is now you made the reservations you were in touch with the hotel yeah you advised them multiple times about an allergy. Mm-hmm. Um, we got here. They knew that the allergy existed because three, four, five people came up to me and, and let me know that they knew about it. And we go to this oriental place, which is a 
combination of... We're not being racist. The restaurant is actually called Oriental. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of it. Um, well, they, you're not supposed to, like... You don't use that word anymore in American. But that's the name of the restaurant. Okay, so. I just wanted to be in clear. In America. <laughs> We're, yes. America. Yes, okay. Red, white, and blue. Okay, continue, Jared. Um, they have three kitchens in the restaurants. So they have a Japanese kitchen, an Indian kitchen, and a Chinese kitchen. Um, so we go there. The guy who seats us tells me about my nut allergy. I'm like, yes, I confirm it. And then we sit down, and then the waitress comes over, and she says something. So then we order... And we were advised um, to order the butter chicken, which is an Indian dish. It's not butter. It's something else. Um, And I was skeptical on it because I know a lot of Indian food has nuts or nut products or whatever in the sauces. So I double-checked with the wait staff. Once again, I said, I'm allergic to nuts. Does this dish or this sauce have any nuts in it? They said, no. They double-checked with the kitchen, no. What the hell do you think happens? Uh, first night here, I'm like throwing up 20 times. And I knew it 10 minutes after. Like I, my throat started to get itchy. I knew it was happening. I'm like, what the fuck? So we go back. I do my business. I try and get it out of my system. Um, luckily, like it was kind of like my other reactions where I could handle it. Benadryl, fine. Um, so I called the butler service who contacts the restaurant. I said, I just want to make sure, like, there were no nuts in the dish because I was told there was no nuts, I have an allergy, blah, blah, blah. And I was reading online what, in butter chicken, there's a masala sauce. If you've had Indian food, you had chicken tiki masala or something like that. It's made with cashews. It's made with cashew paste, and it's made with cashews. And... Seeing that, I just wanted to confirm that that was that, so I wasn't going crazy. They call me back. They said, yes, it was made with cashews. It was an oversight. I'm like, how the hell was it an oversight? Like, 15 people told me about my allergy. They knew about it. I double-checked. I triple-checked. And then you're still going to serve me something with cashews in it. Well, I think... Just like, happy first night of vacation here in the Maldives. The... Next day, we, we cracked the case, though, because when we were at the bar for Sunset Drinks, they came over, gave us a tray of nuts, and said, don't worry, we removed all the peanuts, which is what I initially thought. That but they, they said that at the restaurant, too. They were like, is it just peanuts, or is it all nuts? And I said, it's all nuts. Well, so I think, nuts. I think, unfortunately, though, it becomes a game of telephone, right? Because you're saying this to the server. You're not... You're not communicating with the chef. So perhaps the chef thought it was just peanuts. One of the highlights of the whole food scene at the St. Regis Maldives is the exclusive experience at Decanter. And we were lucky enough to do so and be invited to attend. You won't even see Decanter if you're just normally going into their restaurants. It's down below. um, Alba. Yeah, down from Alba, their main restaurant. Um, How would you describe what it is, how it it looks like, what it looks like? Um, It's one of the coolest wine rooms I've seen, and we've been to a ton of wineries in different regions. You know, we've been to Napa and Sonoma, Mendoza, um, the Marlboro region in New Zealand. Um, 
this was pretty beautiful. They had so many vintages. Um, they also had some really fun bottles. There's a picture of us with a six liter of Cristal. Um, and the, have you had Cristal before? I don't think I've ever had Cristal. So the going rate on that bottle was around nine thousand U.S. dollars. Um, they had they had thousands of bottles down there. Yeah, um, but it's created as a really intimate experience. They only do the dinner twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and it's only for twelve people. Yeah, so you're there. There were six couples, uh, and it was interesting uh, just the dynamics of it. So you had two couples that were there for 11 nights, one couple that was there for 14 nights, and then you had us and another one that were each there for five nights. Um, and it was a preset five-course meal. Um, so, like, good portions, but not too, too much. And then each course had a, a wine pairing with it. You started off with champagne, then you moved on to whites. Then you had three mystery wines, which were red um, and older. They were, I think, from 1995 and 1997, something like that. Right. Um, and I, I thought it was pretty unique. The chef came out um, and explained every dish to us that we were going to eat. You're surrounded by all these wine bottles, um, the most expensive regular size bottle that they had was um, a port, actually, from 1755, I want to say it was, and that was going for around 3000 US dollars. Um, we didn't get to taste that one, but we tasted, hmm, let's see, besides the champagne, um, the whites were a couple Chardonnays, a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, then... You know, the real highlights for the wine were the mystery wines, which were the reds. So um, one from Italy, one from Spain, two from France. And the ones from France were the older vintages, uh, 95 and 97, I believe. And they, um, you know, much more fuller body. Like if you're a wine snob, you'll probably be into that a lot more. I personally like uh, the Italian wines better. So the first one we had was 85% Sangiovese. Um, so you find that a lot, uh, in Tuscany, in the Chianti region as well. Um, what'd you think of the food? I thought the food was really good. Um, I think ordinarily when we go to things like this, the food is typically the hero versus the wine. Uh, we don't actually usually do wine pairings, so mm -hmm. this was different in the sense that I think the wine was clearly the, the, this made to be the standout and was responsible for the hefty price tag of the meal. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, the The food was very good. Uh, they had a a Maldivian lobster, um, which was is really hard to cook because it overcooks easily. But it was perfectly cooked. Yeah, all the food we had was perfectly cooked. But so we'll share the price point. The the meal was four hundred ninety five dollars. Woo! Um, that and, is a lot. Yes, for food and for five <laughs> courses. That's you're running like a hundred dollars a course, so definitely the the reason, in my opinion, for that price tag is because of the wine. Yeah. Um, so if you do get the invite, sure, go ahead. But it is it is pricey um, for what it is. I mean, 
the and root. if you don't drink wine, it is still the same price we learned. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, we tend to like to keep to ourselves. So this situation was a little different where, okay, you're at a communal table. Uh, there's 12 other people. So uh, two couples from Los Angeles, one from San Francisco, one from Dubai, and one from Germany, and then us. Um, we were in between Germany and San Francisco. And the San Francisco couple, um, the, the woman didn't drink, so they had a juice pairing for her. Fine, but we figured, okay, it's not going to be the same price for her. Because she's not drinking juice from 1995. Yeah, she's not drinking <laughs> vintage juicy juice there. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. They said, like, yeah, we told her, we told them that, you know, she doesn't drink alcohol. And they said... Uh, yeah, it's still going to be the same price, which is a little outrageous. Um, but you get to you get to meet these people. One guy, uh, the guy was in tech from San Francisco. Um, the German couple, uh, he owns a commodity business. They have seven offices across the world. Uh, the couple from Dubai, you actually saw her um, yeah, store, her store at in, the Dubai Mall. Right, she's and in, I remembered the like her visual merchandiser should get a raise because I remembered that all the shoes were set up on a billiards table, and I was like, "That's such a cool setup." Which like reminds me, I think that <laughs> going to a place like this is a great opportunity to just bring your resume <laughs> if you're looking to uh, upgrade in the job game. I mean, these people. Are, are all so successful in their own right, like... Well, the one guy who was married to her, and she... What what kind of business is it? It's like, she makes the shoes, or... Yeah, it's called The Cobbler. It's a high-end oh, okay. shoe business. High-end shoe for business. For um, So the guy was a banker, and he was telling all us, all us uh, about his war stories on banking, how he's so fed up with it, and now he wants to go into socks. <laughs> what was his... A sockscription. Yeah, he was like, this is the first place you can get a sockscription for... Um, he corrected himself in Dubai because they do have subscriptions. Okay. Um, but, it, yeah, as Melissa mentioned, it's just interesting. People live in different parts of the world. I asked him what, because they were both from London, uh, how did you decide to move to Dubai? And he just said, I, I was traveling so much in the Middle East, and we made, it made more sense, and she could open her business there. And um, so people... You know, people do live in a lot of different places. The couple from Germany that I was talking to, they lived uh, on Park Avenue in New York City for 10 years. They lived in Cape Town for 10 years. Um, they lived in uh, Indonesia for five years, just all over the place, and now in Germany and discussing, like, the different parts of the region. I want you to talk about um, his experience with flying first class back in the day on Pan Am. Yeah, that, that was... was insane. So super interesting, so... Like, all of these people are obviously very worldly. And, you know, they're based in Germany. So I said, oh, you must fly Lufthansa a lot. And they said, yeah, that's our go-to right now. And they asked us what we flew here. And I said, Emirates. And they said, oh, he was super interested. Like, how was it? What would you think? And, you know, I told him about the product. And he said, you know, back in the day, we flew Pan Am all the time, which was the best, like, first-class experience ever. They would bring you uh, fresh lobsters, and they would crack them right next to your seat. And he said that um, he flew Pan Am a lot, and he had a physical upgrade certificate, like a piece of paper, and he would bring it with him where whatever flights he went on, and they would never take it from him. So he got upgraded with this one physical 
um, upgrade certificate for five years in a row on Pan Am. Um, and he said they accumulated millions and millions of miles with them. And then when Pan Am went out of business, they transferred them to uh, Eastern Airlines. And then eventually Eastern Airlines went out of business. And they said they really don't know where their millions of miles are right now. Uh, they kind of lost them in the shuffle, but you know, gained them back with Lufthansa and everything. So just uh, you know, different experiences. And so you meet you know, these different people who's around this whole decanter um, dinner at the St. Regis. So we want to thank them for uh, letting, us. yeah, inviting us, letting us experience it. Um, and certainly one of the highlights of the trip. The activities here aren't cheap either. Like they free kayaking or paddle boarding. You can do that. But, yeah, non-motorized. Right, but activities. motorized, you want to take a jet ski out for a half hour, 300 bucks. Um, you can go on all these like half day or day adventures, shark diving or uh, scuba diving and stuff like that. If you want to go snorkeling, it's free. You get the free gear, jump off your balcony. Um, yeah, we do it from our balcony. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. And then they have the spa, the lobster spa. Yeah, so everything here is shaped like an animal. So the overwater bungalows, they look a little different from the ones that you see in Bora Bora. These are shaped like, they look like manatees. Um, the whale bar is shaped like a whale. And then the spa, which we're going to speak about right now, um, they have different, um, like, connections and so it kind of looks like the spine of a lobster pretty pricey as well um 60 minute massage whether you get a sport massage or a deep tissue or a thai massage um about 200 um so we didn't go for that uh what we did do was this thing called the blue hole um which they have which looks like a very large infinity hot tub i would say it has jets going all over. Uh, you can probably fit 30 people in there. It's massive. Um, so we did it for an hour, and it was explained to us that it's not hot. It's actually cool water. It's ocean water, so it's salty, and it's supposed to relieve jet lag and joint pain. I think that's a farce. I don't, I don't think it did anything except hurt my back, which because could of be the a jets. good thing. Yeah. I, I just don't understand how like that water is any different from the water off of our balcony that's the part where i'm just confused by i'm confused by why they charge for it so it's 60 dollars per person an hour pretty much um well it was 60 dollars per person for two hours and so we asked if we could do, do one, one hour, hour. Yeah. so it wound up being 60 dollars for the two of us for one hour it was probably the strongest jets i've ever felt it's kind of like a waterfall which was cool but like there's no reason to be charging to, to go into that. Like, charge for all the spa services you want. Um, but it, it was like a saltwater jacuzzi, I would say. Um, cool jacuzzi. Cool jacuzzi. And then, so we really uh, pretty much rode our bikes around the island as well. They give, oh, yeah. They give two bikes. Um, so it, it's Listen, easy to they get have, around. They have excellent attention to detail. Like, as soon as we came up to our villa, our bikes were already there and they were sized correctly for both of us. Like, they didn't even need to, like, have us standing next to the bikes. So I think that there is a tremendous effort to detail paid. Yeah. I just think that in some cases, Jared and I just don't need all of it. Right. And I, I think, like, most of the staff was 
very, very good. Like, we put our, you know, make up the room sign on at, at 8 a.m. to go to breakfast. We were back by 9. It was clean. Like, every single time, no problem. We had a leak in our roof the first night where the wind was the just rain. howling in. They came and fixed it right away. Um, room service, they quoted us 45 minutes each time. It was here in 15 minutes. Um, the staff at breakfast was great. They, you know, they always refilled your glasses. They came around with stuff. Um, very nice. They knew us by name right away, which is always... Yeah, I mean, I think I joke and I call myself high maintenance Melissa, but I think that in comparison to some of the people that are staying here, we're not that high maintenance. Like as as just let us do our thing. As part of you know having the butler, which even that name makes me feel a little uncomfortable saying. They will unpack your bags for you, which I'm like, I don't want you fucking touching my stuff. (laughs) But like some people are like, yes, amazing. Um, I just think some of that is wasted on it's us and it like, winds up being it winds up getting under our skin more than anything yeah it's like the staff is pretentious on purpose like and or thinks tr- that we're going to be yeah pretentious and it's kind of like it's off-putting if they would have just maybe adapted to what we were actually asking for i think yeah. it would have been a little different okay so that's the maldives um Five nights here, um, we talked about a little bit the comparisons with Bora Bora, which we've been to, and people who want to go on this trip, whether it's a honeymoon or it's a big vacation, they're pretty much deciding between these two places, I would say. Yeah, I think that I was actually just speaking to you about this earlier today, that I think with the Maldives, you actually have the option of going to more places than if you went to Bora Bora. Like if you want to, if you want to, no, if you want to tack on stuff, so uh, like how you could do Maldives in India, you can do Maldives Dubai, Maldives in Sri Lanka. Whereas when we were doing Bora Bora, our only option was either Tokyo, which we had been to, or Auckland, New Zealand. So we wound up doing that. But I think this is great in the sense that you do have a ton of other options. So overall, um, let's do passport stamps here. So zero through ten. Maldives. Um, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're coming to you live from our over-the-water villa. What would you give the score? How many passport stamps would you give the Maldives and the St. Regis? Yeah, I feel like I can't really just do the Maldives. I have to do the St. Regis since yes. this is where we spent all our time. Oh, and we didn't get into the fact that every time you leave this this island, you, you have to take the seaplane, and the seaplane was $700 a person. So you're not leaving. Pricey seaplane. Once you're, you're not, here, you're, you're here. not leaving. And actually, that price has gone up. Now it's $745 a person. We, we locked in the, the, the <laughs> great deal of $700. Yeah. Um, listen, I think that this is a beautiful resort. I think that there was a lot of thought put into it. The weather... Could have been a little bit better. I, I feel for them because I think that they're having to adjust to this as well. They all said that they've never seen a November like this before, and it's all due to global warming, which is like a serious issue. Um, I'm going to go 8-8. Eight, eight. Okay. It's a good score. 8.8 passport stamps. Um, I agree. Like, the weather's out of their control, right? And it's... And it's, a, and it's from what they say, it's a serious issue because like, it's it's... I mean, if you look at the stats, November's a rainy month, like year over year here. December's even rainier. So I have a hard time like saying they've never seen a November like this when... I don't think they're lying. They're not lying, but like it's a known fact that there's going to be a lot of rain. Like 
unless you come January, February, March, there's going to be a lot of rain. Like their monsoon season, their high rainy season is June, July, August. And then you get into the fringe months after that. Um, I'll go 8.2. Um, I, it's beautiful. Like the way it's set up, like we love this stuff. Uh, over the water villas, you can't beat it. Direct access to the water. Um, I think the main thing for me, which gives the edge on the St. Regis Maldives over the St. Regis Bora Bora, is the pool. In your room. In your room, the plunge pool. Um, it's a great thing to have. It's relaxing. We put a float in there. Um, just another option where if you don't want to go into the ocean, just hang out in your pool, put on some music. You also don't have to fight an entire island for a hammock. You actually have four <laughs> hammocks. You have four hammocks. Plenty to go around. In your room. Um, Yeah, you had the food options. We went over, you know, the issue, some of the issues with the butler staff and what we thought. Um, But overall, I'll go, uh, yeah, 8.2. Certainly a remote place. Like, check it off. Boom. Done. Pretty awesome. Like, when you look at the map to where you actually are in the world, it's pretty incredible that, as Melissa mentioned, there's about 1,200 of these islands, uh, 200 of them have some sort of life on them. Um, it's just in the middle of the water, just like a little slice of paradise. And if you can get some sunshine in there, all the better. Um, so that's our episode from the Maldives and the St. Regis here. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we got to go pack. We're off to... Our last destination. Yeah, so next week we're coming to you live from Bangkok, Thailand. Um, so we'll be there. We had previously been to Chiang Mai in Northern Thailand. So be interested to see the big city of Bangkok. Um, so that'll be our next episode next week. Uh, remember if you want to go back and listen to any previous episodes, um, the Bora Bora one, by the way, if you want to compare is episode 12, um, of the itinerary. So just click on available episodes, scroll down. You can listen to that rate, review, subscribe, go to the Instagram page at the itinerary travel, some pretty cool pictures and videos from the Maldives. Check it out. Give us a follow. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.